we unleashed something powerful. The only chance we've got is together. There is another person I can think of. What's up? Maybe I'm doing it wrong. What's up? What's up? You have no idea what I'm capable of. She just wanted to give me a hug. Wish me luck. Really? Yeah. Watch this. Sorry, I'm messing around. Wish I had a suit. Even with like minimal powers. Or maybe even just a suit with no powers. No. Welcome back, everyone. This is Discussing Comics, and on this episode, we will be reviewing Ant-Man and the Wasp. So first off, let's do some introductions, and welcome back for the first time since episode number two, Megan McGee. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's been been a while. We got to see you. Uh, you know, you know, I got to see you again. Clarence got to meet you back in. I was about to say March, but that was in May when he and I went to Hulanta. Yep. So how have you been doing? You've graduated since uh, the last time you were on the show. Yes, yes, I did. I graduated from law school, and now I am studying for the bar. Ah, Wow. So when do you take it? I take it in three weeks, July 24th and 25th. Cool, cool. So uh, is is your dad pushing you, helping you, or anything like that? Um, he's definitely, um, he's given me some words of wisdom. He's not helping, <laughs> but he's given me, um, you know, words of wisdom to, on how to, you know, properly attack it, attack the studying. So for, for sure. anyone listening, the reason I said that is her dad, of course, is a lawyer. So that just made kind of sense there. And, yes. you know, anybody listening also knows that I love corny jokes. And considering the last time I saw you, I had just climbed a mountain thanks in part to you. So it would have been nice to have had some PIM particles to have shrunk that mountain down a little bit. Uh, Listen, <laughs> I, it's yes, 100%. <laughs> so the person who had no problem whatsoever climbing Stone Mountain, welcome back, Clarence Brown. Clarence, how are you? I'm doing good. And yes, it was fun hiking up Stone Mountain. <laughs> well, climbing, right. hiking, it felt like it was, it felt like to me, I uh, was climbing it, not uh, hiking it because I felt like I was about to die. No, yeah, for sure. Every time I've done it and I haven't done it often, I've had to stop like a million times. <laughs> Just anywhere. Just stop. It's the well, worst. Yeah, it's, it's definitely understandable. So, so there you go. But I will say congratulations on uh, graduation. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> so I want to, um, you know, for anyone listening, well, let's go ahead and do a spoiler warning. If you've not seen Ant-Man and the Wasp, this is a spoiler of the movie, a review of the movie. So if you haven't seen the movie yet, you may want to put us on pause. Wait till you've seen the movie because from henceforth, Spoilers. So, ladies first, Megan, I want to uh, ask you, just Mm -hmm. in the ballpark figure, just a summary, give me your first thoughts of the movie. What what did you leave thinking about the movie? Well, up until the um, the after credit, like the ending credit, (laughs) I loved it. I thought it was really funny. It was, you know, it was right along the first movie. It didn't disappoint, but I mean... It wasn't one of the ones that I was leaving like, oh my gosh, that was such an amazing movie. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't, it wasn't Black Panther or even Thor Ragnarok. Thor was like, you know, it, I was, I wasn't expecting to laugh as much as I did in the last Thor, but this one, it was right along the lines with the first movie. So it was good. I enjoyed it. Cool. Clarence, what about you? Um, I think it was the palate cleanser we needed after Infinity War. I really do. Uh, it was a fun, a fun movie. I, I really enjoyed it. I do think it was better than the first Ant-Man film, but it's funny because uh, it seems like Ant-Man was kind of the first comedy focused movie we've had in Marvel. I think you're and right. It seems like, 
It seems like now it's it's at it's at the bottom of the list (laughs) because you've had you know Guardians and like you just mentioned Megan, we had Thor, and it was still pretty funny. But I think as far as comedy, I think Thor probably topped it a bit. Yeah. But 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 that being said, uh, it was very enjoyable. It was the fun again palate cleanser we needed after Infinity War, though they kind of thwarted that a bit by the end of the uh, extra credits. Yeah. Yeah. So. I really, really had fun. I enjoyed it. What about you? That guys? hurt my feelings. <laughs> yeah, <I did. laughs> yeah, me too. That I was credit. like, no, yeah, don't I make me feel bad. <laughs> right. I was like, don't remind me of, of like the Infinity War. I don't want to be reminded of that until yes. the next one comes out. And they reminded me. And I was like, yo, like yeah. that wasn't cool. Yeah. So, so here, here, here was my thought was I knew from the very beginning of seeing you know, Hotel Transylvania, that the audience for this movie was completely different from Infinity War. I mean, this was generated and made and positioned as a lighthearted, happy, almost family-esque, uh, you know, feel-good movie. And in a way, in many ways, you know, it, it was that. It wasn't your gut-wrenching Infinity War that we saw until, of course, you know, the after credits. But right. yeah, it, it, it was... It, it, I think it was what it was. It, it wasn't, you know, anything earth shattering, but it was enjoyable. I enjoyed watching it. You know, is it something I'm going to like jump up and down and say, Oh, this is the best Marvel movie? No. And I think, uh, Clarence, I think you're right in the sense of it was the first comedy, but yet now the others have done comedy so much better than this that it just some of the jokes to me kind of felt used is the best way I could put them. Hmm. And I don't know. I laughed. I, I I thought the comedy was quite good, but you know, Thor is just like on another level, but yeah, I will but. say yeah, you made a point about family. And I think that was kind of the main focus of this film in so many ways. You have the relationship of, of, um, uh, what's his name? Main character. Paul oh, Hank. Paul oh. <laughs> and, and, oh, yeah. and his daughter. Kathy. You, you, yeah. You have uh, Hank and his daughter and trying to find a mother. You also even have um, the the daughter's mother and and her husband seem like everybody's just happy. Just a happy family. Right. <laughs> and, and they're in their pursuit to to um, find their mother and and once again, make their family whole. And as well as you see the relationship of the what's the chick's name? Um, the ghost oh. chick, the ghost. Oh, the yeah. ghost. I'm Ava. trying to remember. Was it Eva? Yeah, Eva. There you Ava. Go. Yeah. And uh, Ava and 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 what happens to her family? So this movie struck the family tone on so many levels, and definitely, if a family is going in to see this movie, it's definitely at a more um um easy to consume level than kind of what we saw in Infinity War, where so much carnage and you know people dying. Yeah. yeah. So let's, you know, let's kind of dissect each of the characters, because if I look at it from the storyline perspective, yes, you know, you had a storyline going on, but I think there were more interesting tidbits about the characters themselves. So let's take the villain of Ghost to start with. What did you guys think of that particular character as a whole? And Megan, I'll let you take it first. Um. I mean, I will say this, they made the, they made the villain kind of relatable in this sense. Like, I think that Marvel's been doing an actual kind of good job about that. Like, you don't really hate most of the villains because they have, they're struggling with something. You know what I mean? Like, and then once she, once she got better, she was no longer a villain. Like, she realized that, you know, there was another way to it and I was wrong about my approach. So while you, you know, she got on your nerves every time she popped up, it wasn't, it wasn't in the sense like, you know, you really wanted her to die. It was just like, all right, get her better. Let's hope she finds a different way. And then, you know, she did. So I think that it was the same thing with um, Black Panther. Like, I don't really think that he was a bad, Killmonger wasn't really a bad, you know, a bad villain. We all loved him at the end. Like, you, it just, they're, they're making them more relatable in the sense that, like, outside of Thanos, you don't want to kill her. So I think that, you know, I, I liked it. I think that they did a really good job with it. Interesting. And then at the end, like everybody, you know, they wanted to help her. The mom, I can't remember the mom's name. Jan. She actually Janet. helped her. Yeah. So she, you know, I mean, it's like she helped her and then kind of all was forgiven in the sense. 
All right, Clarence, what about you? What do you think? Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree with everything Megan said. I mean, Ava was, even though she was the enemy, um, I was pulling, rooting for her in a way. And, you know, it's the human fight to want to live on. But uh, as uh, what Bill, uh, Lauren Fishburne's character said, you know, it there's limits. There's limits to how far you go, even though you are, in fact, fighting for your life. And right. he was willing to help her up until a point. Um, I really do like the act- actor, uh, Hannah John Kamen. I had a look of her name as I didn't remember. Uh, she was in this sci-fi channel show called Killjoys, which I watched the first couple of seasons of. She was, she was really good. And Kyle for a Black Mirror, uh, tidbit. She was actually in the episode 15 million merits. She was the girl that was singing. That is why I thought she looked familiar. Yes, but she looks so different now. She was pretty young in that, but but, but there yeah. was something about her that I she kept can thinking. Sing? I I don't know if it was her singing in the episode wow. or if it was like a track, but the right. character in the episode does sing. So yeah, I really like seeing her on screen. I thought she was an excellent villain. I love the whole concept of Ghost. Um yeah. this this phase shift thing. I thought it was really awesome to see on screen and really well done. Um, and, and like Megan said, just a very relatable villain. You didn't really, you, you didn't want to see her do wrong to our main protagonist, but then again, you didn't really want to see her die either. So it was right. kind of that tug of war. And she pulled your heartstrings because like she, you know, she took you the story of how her parents died and how she got to be the way that she was. And essentially yeah. she was just in pain. She yes. no longer wanted to be in pain. So, I mean, you know, we go through a lot of links to, to run, to escape pain. Nobody likes pain. Yeah. And so, you know, you were, she was very relatable and she definitely, you know, her whole, her whole upbringing and life story, um, pulled at your heartstrings, even from when she was being, you know, tested and used as a weapon from yeah, shield. For shield. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so my thought was, and I'm one of those people who will say right now, I do not, I cannot, I do not absolutely deal well with pain and knowing yeah. that if you are in pain, that does impact your thinking. I mean, you, you know, if you're in that much excruciating pain, you don't sometimes think straight. And that makes to me her story or her character even more so relatable. Right. And then to like live with that, cause she said it happened yeah. every single day, multiple times a day where her cells are being broken apart and sewn together. So that, that is, it just sounds painful. So what did you, you know, we're saying that she's very relatable, but I'll tell you, mm-hmm. and I'll go ahead and take this one, uh, to start with Sonny Birch, or as the, you know, I call him the very annoying other bad guy from the entire story, the mobster or whatever he was. He was just freaking annoying to me for the entire uh, story. What, what did you guys think? And Clarence, I'll let you take that one first. Yeah, I think they intentionally tried to make him be the dirtbag of the movie. Even from the haircut mm-hmm. he had, he just looked so sinister and 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 just ugh, he got on my nerves. Right. But I, I don't mind. I don't mean to interrupt you. He wasn't sinister. He was slimy. That's slimy. Yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe Aaron on the slimy side of it a bit more. But, but yeah, everything about this guy, I'm like, get a life, dude. It's just, <laughs> um, and the fact that, um, uh, Hope was giving him so many opportunities to just get out of it, even though it, okay, of course, even she was doing, I guess, an underhanded thing, buying weapon supplies from this shady guy, but she gave him so many opportunities just to move on and, and I guess money talks because he was coming back and back and back to k- try to uh, get this technology. So I don't know. I think he played his role well, but he, he, definitely a, a slimy character. Okay. Uh, what do you think, Megan? I Honestly, throughout the whole movie, I was just like wondering what his purpose was. Because I was like, we already have one villain. Like, what, what are you even... What was his purpose? I get that he was the... You know, he was the backwards dealer and everything. So, okay, sure. But I mean, all you're really, you're only, oh, just, it, he was annoying. Yes, he was very annoying. Yeah. But I just, you know, I felt like in order just, they're just throwing in a monkey wrench, like a red herring. Like he wasn't even, you know, significant enough to, he was just annoying. He just got in the way all the time. Yeah. When, it, you know, it was just like, we have a villain. We have the antagonist, the protagonist. So like, what, what are you doing? Yeah, it, I think maybe he provided he was there for plot purpose because 
there were a lot of instances where he was the one calling the cops. He was calling his henchmen and he kind of yeah. pushed the plot along in, in that, in that sense. So, yeah, maybe it was just, just there's a plot device <laughs> to keep That's the story true. moving. And then he called the cops both times. Yes. Wasn't it him both times? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And if you, if you factor in had Bill Foster or had, you know, ghost had henchmen, that likability factor that we just talked about them having. Yes. Would yes. not have been there. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. Yes. Right. Yeah. So speaking of something that irritated me or a character that irritated me and Megan, I'm going to let you put on your uh, lawyer hat for just a moment. And in okay. this next one, let's assume for a moment that you are Scott Lang's attorney. Okay. How would you have dealt with or how should someone have dealt with FBI agent Jimmy Wu? <laughs> oh, goodness. Um. Jimmy was fun. Agent, oh, he was. He was. I though. enjoyed him a lot. That was a, I liked that. But, um, I mean, they had some sort of agreement. First of all, I probably wouldn't have let him sign that agreement because that just seems so stupid <laughs> to still have to go to jail, then be on house arrest for this long, then do everything he has to do after the two years of house arrest. It, it honestly, like, I would have been on the side of the Avengers and just not have signed the agreement and, like, you know, we would have been huh. hiding with Captain America somewhere, to be completely honest with you. So no, is, he, is he the only one that took the deal? I, do, you, do you know? I don't even know if he really... Oh, he's the only one that took that deal after Germany that I know of. Yeah. Huh. I, I was going to ask you guys that because the way they were saying it, um, he was fighting when they were fighting, right? So yeah. he was, you know, he was fighting with, alongside the Wasp and Avengers, were, well, they were fighting um, Thanos. So... Now I'm wondering, you know, there was even in Avengers or Infinity War, they were saying it's been like a two year gap or whatever, whatever. So he goes since the uh, since he met in Germany. So, so I'm assuming that Hawkeye took it, too, because he wasn't in it. Yeah, good point. It could could very well and be. I know he was. I know all, we all know that Ant-Man wasn't in it. But who else wasn't it? Were they, were they the I, only two that I weren't think in they it? Were no, I think they were the only two. Yeah, they and they're were. technically the only two that, that have families, right? Hmm. I'm Who's assuming he did team? it because he has a has a child, and I'm assuming that Hawkeye did it because he has children. But now Hawkeye was which side was he on? Was he on? He was on Cap's side. Okay, but well, they yeah, are the they, ones that got, got caught. Yeah, they were the ones in the the um, the cells when Captain America came in, and I assume that Captain America broke him out, but hmm. I guess not. Well, you know, even before uh, we realized you were going to have the uh, opportunity to be on with us, whenever I was watching that movie and the reason that I brought up the comment that I or the question I just asked you was Mm -hmm. every freaking time they broke down the man's door. I'm like, who's paying for every time you break up, break (laughs) the door? (laughs) Right. No, I mean, there's a lot of things, but when you sign something like that, I don't really, cause the, the, her husband who was a cop was saying, you know, he was fully in his rights and he was fully, you know, and there's, there's a lot in their capacity that they're able to do that we can't really, you know, we're if not really allowed it. to, yeah. even if they, they're wrong, if they have some kind of, you know, yeah, and, and plus, or, and I said, and plus this one because I mean, I, this looks like it goes beyond the normal levels of the government. Uh, right, I was going to say it's not just cops. Issues. This is exactly. Yeah. This is like it seems like it's all the way up to the top. Yeah. So this isn't so, just like a, a you know uh, just a cop or just an, a police officer from the city. Yeah. So. Well, I, I will, would assume they have anything. I will give an interesting tidbit for Jimmy Woo. He actually predates uh the traditional marvel as it's known today he was actually created in october 1956 for uh marvel comics back whenever it was still known as timely comics so he's a character that has been been around longer than the fantastic four so interesting really? yep and what was his like what did he do who he, was he cuz he, he was still the FBI, right? Well, he was more like a agent of shield or a, back in that time agent of Atlas. Um it was more of a, you know, like James Bond spy type character. Oh, that's interesting. Well, I feel bad now cuz now they've made him just like a joke, not a yeah, joke. Yeah, the comedy but, relief. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. They took away everything that he seems to have had and made him I love secret tips. Yeah. <laughs> 
He's um, listen. He was good. That was good. Him even trying to like learn magic. In his yeah. Oh my god. Office. That was great. It was. <laughs> so what about? Um, let's go to Bill Foster for a moment. Uh, what did you guys think of uh, Fishburne's character? Hmm. Um. It's funny how. Um, Hank Pym seems like everybody he run into uh, winds up he he does wrong where they wind up hating him to some degree. Mm-hmm. So it was, it, it was cool to see uh, Lauren F- Loris Fishburne come in here and play this Bill Foster character. Um, I don't really like the fact that he was a little shady, but I guess he had to be because he was in this situation with Ghost. Uh, but but overall, I enjoyed him. In the end, he seemed to be more of a um, more of an altruistic character than he turned than he looked like at first. So. I, I really enjoyed uh, his portrayal, um, and he, you know, him and Ghost were very integral to this to this plot. So yeah, I think he did a really good job. All right, what, what about you, Megan? What's really crazy is I don't really think it was a betrayal because he said he's all he was, you know, truthful a hundred percent of the time. He said, "I hate his guts," and yeah, while he yeah. did give him. You know, while he did give him some information as to you know how to find his building, I don't think that you know what I mean, like. Everybody in the movie theater today, like, gasped when they saw him come out of the shadows um, with ghosts. And, I mean, I will I will say I was surprised to see him there. But then I was like, I mean, it makes sense. He he said, he told us up front he hates him. Hmm. And he'd been wronged by him. So, and yeah. it wasn't even essentially going against him. Except that, I mean, obviously he needed his, you know, his technology. But, you know, he was just trying to help out the person I think that he essentially raised. So, yeah. so you so- know. So so let me I'm sorry to interrupt. So since they already had the building, was he giving him the tip to find the building so they could get um so they could actually get Scott Lane because he had the memory in his brain, I guess? Yes. I think okay. it was like all of yeah, they it was all he yeah, he needed all of them. Well he didn't need the other two, but he knew they'd come along. He knew that they yeah. that he was there or they were his way to Scott, for hmm. sure. Hmm. So um Clarence, you made an interesting statement on our way out of the theater about the Bill character, especially in the flashback, which you, you, you want to share that with everybody about the technology? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I think the first, uh, note we got of this was e- either in an Avengers movie or it could have been an Iron Man movie. I can't remember, but there was this scene where Robert Downey Jr. was like 20 years younger and everybody's like, wow, how did they make him look so young? He looked like a teenager. Yeah. So, for anyone know or well, I guess everyone listening to this knows, <laughs> we have the Captain Marvel movie coming up, and that's supposed to take place in 1995. And one of the directors has al- already been talking about how they have to de-age. Uh, I think it's uh, Greg Clark, or is it Clark Greg? I can't remember his name. Um, what's his What's his name? Yeah, uh, Colson. Colson, as well as uh, Samuel Jackson's character, they're going to age de-age them 20 years. Really. So, Yes. So I think this movie was a good show of that tech because for Bill Foster's character, as well as Hank Pym, they de-aged them quite a bit for a couple a of lot. scenes in this yeah. movie. And it, it looked freaking fantastic. Yes. They were like close up on Lawrence Fishburne's face and it was just spotless. So um maybe that along with maybe some of the tech they were um engineering for some of the for that Leia scene in Rogue One. So it looks like they pretty much perfected it. It sounds like a very expensive endeavor. But, yeah, I just really uh, floored by how good the CG looked for those scenes. Yeah, I genuinely felt like I know he was even younger than this or the way that they at least Lawrence Fishburne looked like he was younger. But I felt like I was like back in the first Matrix. I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> yes. this is great. <laughs> yeah. And I will say this, like even because it was the Avengers movie. Um, no, it wasn't. It was Winter Soldier. When, um, when, um, uh, Robert Downey went, yeah. And so like they were, that had to have been the first time they did it from my memory and his, his, you know, his neck still looked a little shifty. Yeah. So like while, you know, but they perfected it because like this time was amazing. I will say that they might've had it a little bit darker, you know, there might be a point of it where, you know, like the rooms are darker that they have, um, you know, them in when they're younger because he was, but it was fantastic spot on yeah yep totally agree and some side note tidbits about bill foster he was created back in 1966 he appeared in the avengers number 32 as bill foster 
And in 1975, Luke Cage, Power Man number 24, he uh, got the PIM particles. But of course, you this is the 70s. And of course, you couldn't call him Goliath. He had to be Black Goliath. So, of course. Of course. <laughs> of course. So, uh, oh, but that's a good homage because he brought it up. I'm not mad at that. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I can, you know, Black Panther, I understand that because it is a Black Panther. I get that. Right. But the other from, you know, Black Lightning, Black Goliath, I mean, you know, just call him Goliath, which eventually. Okay, well, hold on though. Okay. Cause isn't black, isn't, aren't panthers usually black? Like, don't you, I mean, I'm sure there's like an albino panther or like, but aren't panthers? Hey, my cousin is a veterinarian and she said, um, or she's, she's about to be. And she said that panthers, that's kind of like a made up name because if you look closely on a panther, but most people don't get close to panthers, they're spots. So they're really like leopards. Hmm. That's interesting. But aren't panthers usually black? Yeah, well, I think that. Yeah. I think so. So it's kind of you know. I've never heard of a like green an obvious panther. thing, <laughs> right? So even still, but I get where you're coming from. Like I get it, but panthers are already black. So to just say black panther, it's a little redundant. Well, but yeah, good point. Good point. I get it. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, very makes sense. All right, so so well, well let me yeah, let me go give ahead. another another tidbit about Bill Foster. He also played Perry White in uh in the Justice League movies. He did yeah, indeed. Thought, thought I should say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he did. I forgot about that. He's, he's crossing streams there, old Lawrence Fishburne. All right. I'm getting paid some nice money, too. <laughs> hey, whatever works. <laughs> so what did we think of the three ex-cons that were the friends that carried over from and you know from the last movie and also gave us a lot of the comedy that we saw in this one? I I enjoyed it, to be completely honest. Like, I thought... Um, I was, I would have been disappointed if they weren't there. I saw the preview, so I knew, I can't think of his name right now. Um, the man who had the majority of the, yeah, Michael Pena. Of the line. Yes. So I knew he was there, but I was just hoping that the other two, T.I. and the other guy would be there. And I'm glad that they were. It was, it was, um, it was good. It was funny. Yeah. What about you, Clarence? Yeah. They were quite hilarious. Um, yeah, they they carried a lot of the comedy seemed like in the latter half of the film. Um they were they were the c- comedic beat bits and I love I loved how they kind of um <laughs> were going on about the truth serum. That was one of the, one of the funniest parts of the yes. movie. Yes. It yeah. was. Yeah, that quite, whole rap parte. <laughs> yeah, they were quite hilarious. I thought they did a good job. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. So let's kind of move on to some of the more major characters and let's uh Go ladies first with um, Hope Van Dyne, who premiered finally as the Wasp. So, uh, what did we think of her? And Clarence, I'll let you take that one first. Um, I I really enjoyed her character. I enjoyed her as the Wasp because I think she, having the wings it provided a different aspect, uh, slightly of the whole shrinking and growing and and um. I love the her movement. Her movement was a lot different than I'm than I'm remembering from uh from from Scott in the first movie. It seems like she was more seasoned. She actually knew what she was doing. <laughs> right. Which, which it was great fun to see her fight and her her martial arts abilities and just I think the fun thing about these movies is the growing and the shrinking. That that what makes it makes the fighting unique. It makes yes. it unique because you're not going to see that in any other movie. And, and even when that extends to objects and stuff in the movie as well. So her portrayal, um, you know, we had the continue a love interest thing going on. I thought was, was quite interesting as well. But I think I just enjoyed the moments when she was in combat because I thought that was some of the most fun I've had, uh, in a while in, in a Marvel movie, just seeing that combat and the dynam- dynamic of the, the growing and shrinking. Yes, agreed, agreed. I mean, for me, the the Wasp and Ant-Man, for that matter, even, you know, in 2008, I don't think the technology would have been there to have done some of the fantastic shrink, grow, shrink, grow as quick as they did. I mean, you know, they could have done the shrink and then you walk around or be around, you know, or whatever. But 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 hands down, I think the visual of her, the flying, everything just you know, work. She was to me one yeah. of the highlights of the uh, yes. movie. So, Megan, what do you think? 
I agree with everything you all said. I think it, um, it was really, it was done very well. And I think originally, like, you know, in the first movie, she just wanted to be a part of the team and she wanted to, to, you know, have a suit and be in the suit. But, um, you know, and she kind of, it seemed like she kind of put up a little tantrum, not really, but you know, like she looked like in some scenes that she was stumping her feet and now she kind of had her, her time in the spotlight and she did very well. Yes. And you know, where, um, where Scott, <laughs> he gets in his suit and makes a mess, you know, she <laughs> was very, you know, just proficient. <laughs> exactly. It was essentially like the whole, have you guys seen Incredibles? It was essentially the same situation there where, you know, they both got the job done, but um, the dad, he made a mess and the wife didn't. So, but, yeah. they, you know, they were both, but it was really, really, I love the fighting sequences and, and they were just, it was just well thought out, great writing, great directing. And I did, you know, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. So, so Kyle, I have to ask, was the Bob that she had in the first movie, was that a legacy thing from the comics? But- uh, yeah. So, so interesting enough so the, the 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 hairstyle that she had in the first movie is pretty much the hairstyle that that jan has or jan and her mother and so so let me tell you this was a problem that i had with the first movie and a little bit of a problem this movie but i kind of got over it because they at least had jan in there jan and hank are supposed to be the same age as tony and captain america and all the rest of them, she, they're not the, you know, 30 or 20 years older, you know, than they are. Likewise, they do not have a child who is the wasp. Um, I did not know or I had forgotten this until I looked it up just now. Hope does not exist in the Marvel Universe proper. She is not an active character. She did appear in this short-lived imprint that was late 80s, early 90s called MC2 or Marvel Comics 2 that was telling the stories of the next generation of what if, you know, Spider-Man had a kid, what if Hank and Jan had a kid, and Hope Pym first appeared in that. So back to the hair, though, that hair that she had in the first one is you know, the traditional Jan haircut. You just blew my mind. Wait a minute. So what? So there's no Scott. I don't, I'm confused okay, now. So yes, Scott does exist. Scott, um, actual Scott and Cassie also exist. Uh, Scott is the second Ant-Man and he, just like he did in the movie, was a small time thief who stole the original Ant-Man costume. And then after they found out, why he was doing it. I think he was trying to do it to save his daughter. Then Hank, um, who was already yellow jacket by that time, uh, let, um, let Scott keep the original Ant-Man uniform. Oh, wow. So there were like three of them out there yep. fighting together. Basically. Yes. That's insane. That's kind of <laughs> cool. I'm not going to lie to you. Okay. Yeah. Oh, but I like hope though. So yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the, the time stuff really doesn't bother me as much. A, maybe because I didn't read the comics back then and I don't know all the details, but I think, you know, as we mentioned on our, uh, Mississippi Comic Con panel, uh, movies versus the source material, they're taking the best nuggets of the comics to make something in the MCU that's wonderful and cohesive. And I think they've done a really good job here. I mean, um, it would be hard to have all these characters be their exact same ages. True. And right. Th- th- True. Does, does age even really matter in comics really here? Because it's all fudged for the most part. So, you know, it, it, I can see why you would have the reservations with that. But for me, it, it doesn't really bother me. <laughs> yeah, I think that if the comics, I think that, you know, if there were books, it would be a little bit different. But comics there are so many different writers and there are so many different, you know, interpretations of a story. There are so many different storylines. I mean, Spider-Man was done so many different times and if all they'd say is, you know, this is a different dimension or this is a different universe. And so, you know, what they do with it is like you said, they take tidbits of it and they make it kind of their own with, you know, and call it artistic, you know, expression or whatever. And I think because of that, it as long as it flows and it, you know it comes out flowing in the movie it's okay and i will say I, I didn't read these comics so like i have a sort of you know an innocence that helps me you know that i yeah. think is 
for the betterment of like enjoying a movie because I know when I read a book that's interpreted into a movie and it's not <laughs> spot on, I go crazy. Like literally I'm ready to walk out of the theater because I'm not happy. Like the whole yeah. Twilight debacle. I was yeah. pissed the entire time. Like just not happy and not a happy person. So I think that, you know, I get where you're coming from, Kyle. But I also think that because there are so many different, you know, so many different writers and so many different uh, ways that they write these stories in the comics that you can only, you know, writers are only given so much when they make them into movies. True. Or can only do so True. much. With and what they and I have to say, Michelle Pfeiffer, uh, if I were to imagine a, an older Jan, she did a very good job. Really? Yeah, I think she did good. What did you? What did well, yeah, you? Yeah, I loved guys? her. As she's gorgeous, my God. Yeah, but, she yeah. did fantastic. Oh my god, she goodness. did. Even <laughs> with like gray hair, the woman yes. just is amazing was, looking. Like just, and she knows it. You already yeah. know she knows it. <laughs> the yeah. minute she took that mask off, she was like, "I, I still got it." Yeah, she does. She definitely does. And I I'm not. Gray I'm not hair. even the biggest Michelle Pfeiffer fan, but man, she she rocked the gray hair like none other. Man, I really enjoyed she did. it. She really, really did. And uh, just seeing her and Hank reunited, um, I liked. Even though we didn't get that much of her, I do like that when she did come in, she kind of commanded a presence. She and, did. Yes, and and even going on to we talk about this enemy, that ghost that was really not a bad person. She was just trying to get to this end, and we see where where um she comes in and just heals her, you know. So I, I, even though we had her for a very short time, um, I really think she came in and had a commanding presence. Uh, I guess we did get a bit of her as um, Paul Rudd was portraying her <laughs> for that what couple of minutes. Yes, when that was funny. She was, yeah, he did a good job. I give he him. He did do a good job. That was actually. But the thing about it is, I don't know. I just feel like if I was stuck in a quantum realm. For like what was it 30 years how long was that that she years. was there yeah. 30 yeah. years there would have been so much more happening i would have gone i would have been <laughs> screaming and dancing and crying yeah. and la- like it wouldn't have just been a, like a like a simple hug and embrace and like a stroke on the cheek absolutely the freak not i'm free <laughs> like, yeah. you gotta be kidding me yeah. i would have so much yeah but you know we didn't have time there was no time it was life or death i get it but my uh. goodness Maybe they're a while out tomorrow once they go. Right. <laughs> yeah. But can you imagine? She didn't eat for 30 years. Is that not yeah. crazy to anybody? No. What's not crazy is I would have gone like freaking insane if I would have been not able to talk to anybody, communicate with anybody for one year, much less for 30. For 30 years. And you're basically just in like this abyss. Like you, there's no yeah. end. It's like. I could never, I would never be able to like BSC because there's really like, there's just no end. You know what I mean? Like you, you have no, there's nothing. You're just walking around and going crazy because even, um, Hank was there for what, 15, 20 minutes. They were clocking and like when, as soon as the time gave out, he freaked out and his mind was going, he was literally losing his mind and she just seemed so calm. And yeah, yeah, no, there's, Yeah. yeah. And maybe there's something about the realm we don't completely understand or they didn't give give to us in the movie. But it seems like there's some abilities that are gained from being there. So maybe she was able to mentally um, block that out uh, while she was there. So who knows? Maybe we'll get some more information about that in the next next Ant-Man movie. Right. Did you guys see the last credit? I didn't. I just read about it. Oh, I saw it. It was sad. Yeah. So now, now you're talking about the mid credit scene, right? Um, the very last one. I'm not talking about the one that we all hated. I'm talking about Uh-oh. the very last one. They said there were two. Stay credits. long enough. So tell yeah, us. Yeah, <laughs> there were two. And I read the second one and it didn't seem like it was like that interesting. So I left as well. It was essentially the, um, you know, the ant from the first movie that had gotten blown up, like his pet. Uh huh. Uh huh. And so apparently like he came back or he was like around and he was playing, um, his drums. And then it just kind of like the it said that the screen kind of just, you know, slowly gave out. And then it said Ant-Man and the Wasp will return. And then like it went into a question mark, like a question mark appeared. So, you know, of course, they don't want to give anything away because Avengers 2 hasn't come out or Infinity War 2 hasn't come out. So Hmm. it wasn't that big, but 
it was just so stressful. When I read it, I was like, yeah, I don't want to see that. Cause I, yeah, I, I don't want to see it. it. It definitely seems like, especially in these, in these past few movies, Marvel has went away from the um, happy, joyous kind of, que- you know, they, they used to give post credit scenes, just give you enough question to think about the next movie. But these mm-hmm. last few in wake of Infinity War have been like, oh, crap, man, I just feel horrible. <laughs> right now. Well, I don't know, because I know that they've been doing I'm trying to remember any other credits outside yeah. of like Deadpool. But I think that, that they didn't really do anything with Inven- with the Avengers because what? That's still Fox, right? Like, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, they yeah, haven't moved over different. yet. So I'm trying to think if I. I too. What was that thing for Thor? Oh, Thor was pretty messed up, too, because, you know, the whole ship thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's been crappy the last few. Definitely. You're right. It has. It really has. Yeah. No, you're right. Okay. I'll give Clarence, you that. <laughs> which one was the one we, we, we set t- through and it was this corny thing with Captain America saying, you that know, eat your weed. Okay. Yeah. That was homecoming. Cause yeah. he, they even came in like Captain America was like on the screen during the movie. Yeah. Yeah. He kept doing those PSAs. It was wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> that was just so funny. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, this last credit, it, it, it hurt my heart because, I mean, oh. the, 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 uh, the mid credit. Yeah. It hurt. It, that one hurt. So my question is, is, uh, Scott, in fact, trapped now in the quantum zone or can he get out? Cause his people running equipment are gone. I uh, want to say that, cause I was thinking that too, but the way that he was screaming, you think that he really was gone. But I thought that he was able to get out on his own. Like I thought he had the technology on his hmm. suit. To get yeah. out on his own. But he didn't go through like the tunnel thing last time, whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. That's true. But he also didn't go that far because remember she's the, um, Michelle told him like not to go or Janet told him not to go through all these things or you'll get like lost and we can't, you know, get you back. So I'm assuming he was just at the very surface of it. Maybe I, I don't, maybe I don't know, yeah, but. It- it it definitely had my thinking that maybe this quantum healing energy might play a role in the next movie. I was just kind right. of running through my head. Um, right. I don't know. Okay, don't so know. I read. Well, you know, I was trying to you know get make notes after watching the movie to record this, and so I was looking at just some of the things that have been written of people who have seen the movie, and there are some people who are saying that if you were able to pause that um, image of when he's floating in the quantum realm that you allegedly can see a face in that thing that he's floating in. Hmm. A okay. face? Yeah. Of whom? A purplish face. Are they saying Thanos? Mm, I mean, that's the only purple face that I could think of. What? Why would he be in the quantum I, I don't know. That don't, I'm just saying that that's just people saying... I sound like Trump here. People are saying, uh, <laughs> you know, that if you pause it, that you can see a purple face that in the in the background. And again, that's just what people are saying. I'm not saying it. Did they? Are and they're not giving any kind of like explanations as to why they you you like why they think that he'd be there. Any? Yeah, that makes no. It makes no theory? sense unless unless there's why would he be going after Ant Man? I mean, that yeah. makes no sense. Like what? what yeah. I, I just did a a quick Google search. Like some people are saying, like he was protected because he was in the quantum realm. That's why he didn't ah. get. Which know. makes sense, but I mean, it was also supposed to be random, and it was only supposed to be half the population. Yeah. So you would assume, out of the four, at least one would stay. So, 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 Cal, do you want to tell Megan your theory about uh, the parents? Uh, okay. Going? Yeah. So, um, Megan, let me mm-hmm. okay. Let me ask you this, and uh, tell you in my theory. Do you see this as when Thanos d- snapped his fingers and people disappeared? Did that erase them from time or did that just stop them from where they were at that moment? What do you mean by stop them? Okay. So, what- all right. So let me, let me ask it this way. If you had Hank and you had Jan and you had Hope there, mm-hmm. did him snapping his fingers mean that if you snapped your fingers and Jan disappeared. Hope would have to disappear because she's. I see what you're child. saying because she was born because they're that's their child. Right. 
Or um, did did he snap it and they all three existed and he could have snapped his fingers and hoped have disappeared or he snapped his fingers and Hank disappeared, but the other two would have still been there. It took them at the present at they as they were. Right. I, you know what? I never even thought about that. <laughs> yeah. That's not something that I thought about. And I'm trying to remember in Avengers what was happening because I know that they went through some of the people and I'm trying to think if I saw like parents close along with their or like parents leave along with the kids. And yeah. I just can't remember. That's like a really good theory. Cause, and I'm trying to, rem- none of the Avengers have kids except for Paul and, um, Hawkeye. Hawkeye. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, and they didn't show them. Oh, that's a, ooh. Yeah. See, see, I said, I, I, I said that it doesn't, they take them from that snapshot they take it from that point and it doesn't yeah. really affect the past only reason i say yeah. that is because people remember who they are you know they were yes. still looking for them when they went away yes. and so but that's those the- people but then if, i mean even to still still be with kyle's um well well let me throw his, this like, in let theory, me they weren't they were kids so like their their parents still might be on the earth you see what i'm saying like, yeah i see what you're saying they yeah. might be remembered but all right, so let me throw this in. Clarence, you're actually right. My theory was wrong. Because I went back and pulled up the story of the original Infinity Gauntlet, and it, and it pretty much was wherever you were, you disappeared at that moment, not erased from existence kind of thing. So okay. I was wrong. Oh, well, no. Oh, oh, so let me say this then. Even if the parents went, I would have assumed, like, not from existence, like, entirely, but just like that that connection like that that link between these people i don't yeah because you remember them i get that they're not away from existence but even like the if the parents leave you leave kind of thing i mean it makes sense but yeah it does it i actually really like saying. that because because when yeah, Kyle told I like me that it, theory yeah it made me think when he said i'm like what wait you might what <laughs> it kind of broke very right but yeah i also um Oh gosh, I don't even. Oh, just thinking about Infinity War makes me <laughs> just hurt. Yeah. Well, but I um I actually didn't leave the I didn't leave the theater as upset as everyone because I know that it's not the end. So like, even though they're they're wiped from you know whatever, however they've been wiped, I know that they're coming, but they got to come back. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. So four, if they don't come back. I'm calling everybody. <laughs> okay, so so I'm going to try to make you feel a little bit better. So if you had to choose the when the fingers were snapped, and I know this is not Ant-Man and the Wasp, but hey, it's Marvel Universe. Would you have rather it have been <laughs> T'Challa, or uh-huh. the, were you happy that you got to keep uh, Michael B. Jordan? <laughs> what? Did- did we? Cause, I don't know, cause but I just remember the last time you were on. Uh, uh, one of us he's, said something. He's making of, a funny. Yeah, I'm making a funny. Right. Yeah, no, 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 no. Michael, honestly, let me tell you something. Michael B. Jordan isn't gone. Okay? We've, <laughs> I feel like we've discussed this, too. He didn't die. He's coming back. They didn't just, like, let, you know, like, grace, let him grace the presence of a Marvel, of a Marvel film and, like, leave. You know what I mean? No. He's still... <laughs> He's still there. Okay. He's let's still alive. In, let's have an intervention. He's gone. He's gone. No, he's not. But you know who? Well, you know who really made me upset. I'm still trying to convince my brother. Loki's not dead. I need you guys. Oh, please man. tell me that you guys know that Loki's not dead. Loki's not dead. Okay. Well, you know, you just. Kyle, have, this I, is why we we work. Yeah, we do. I this is why we're friends. I think he's gone. You think Clarence? he's gone, Clarence? <laughs> Enough. So I'll I have I have, I have I have a, a, an affinity affinity war infinity war um, theory. I have a theory that the Hulk was either Loki or or uh, the Hulk was either a scroll. A who? A scroll. Uh, Shape shifting aliens that uh, can infiltrate and make themselves look like you. You think the you think the Hulk did this? You think the I Hulk? Think, I think the was... Hulk that fell to Earth uh, in Infinity War was not the real Hulk. Interesting. You know, and you're not the first person because, you know, after my brother, after I saw the movie, because he died in the first like five minutes, I was ready to go because I like (laughs) Tom Hiddleston is I love him. So I was like, yeah, no, he didn't leave like for real. And so I had to look it up and I heard that theory and I was like, that's, you know, that's a theory. And I think that's very a very complex theory. And it, you know, it has a lot of things that you have to like think about because if 
So are we saying that Loki was Hulk? Like he was impersonating Hulk? Magically, yeah, I, yes. I think that could have been a reason he didn't never hook out. Bingo. But I think that's a stretch. But I, I, right, I do, but you I, also, but he was he was like fighting himself. Nobody was around even when he was trying to Hulk in like the Iron Man, the uh, Iron Man suit. He was literally screaming at himself. Like nobody yeah. was around. Yeah, so I, I, I thought don't, that was a little strange yeah, for him to, you know, for that to be Loki. Yeah, I thought that was Bruce. To be honest, I don't, I don't buy that. <laughs> well, maybe they yeah. were all just stuck in, stuck in the quantum realm. So let's let's bring it back to Ant Man and the Wasps and kind of do our wrap up here. So um, let's. I, I do want to say one thing before we do that and kind of give our final thoughts. I listened to just a little bit of our friends at Reality Breached. Uh, our friend Sergio and some of the other members of Reality Breach were talking. I turned it off because I didn't want their review to influence my review. But Sergio did say something that I just want to repeat here. He says that he wants a scene with Ant-Man doing the card trick in front of Doctor Strange. And I wrote that down because <laughs> I was like, that would be too funny. Not to repeat. So, Sergio, very good line. That was that was priceless. So, uh, Megan, if you wanted to give this a rating, what? How would you rate uh, this particular story on a scale of one to five? Um, are we going up against like the other Marvel movies, or just this one as like a standalone? You know, like just however how would I rate you choose this movie? to rate it. If you want to rate it against the others or standalone, however, what just whatever comes to you. Okay. Um, I, I feel like I've said this to you guys before. Like, I'm a very sympathetic um, critic. I don't think, you know, so I would give it maybe like a 4.5, maybe like a 4, 4.5, only because um, I think that, I do think that this one was equally as good as Ant-Man 1, maybe a little, uh, maybe a little better. But I think the Ant-Man, the first Ant-Man just kind of caught us off guard. Like, nobody really you know, appreciated who he was as a, as a, um, Marvel character and nobody expected it to be funny. Nobody expected it to be good. At least I know yeah. I didn't. Yeah. So it blew me out of the wall. Like it blew me away. The first movie, this one, I guess I was expecting it more. So, you know, but, um, Wasp, their whole collaboration and like actually seeing her, you know, in action and not just, um, helping him train. I think it was really good. Um, so I mean, Nothing really surprised me in it. Like there were not, there weren't many twists. I'll say like the Lawrence Fishburne kind of, you know, uh, it was an aha moment. Like, oh wow, you know, okay, so he's on the other side. But I, yeah, I'll, I'll say that it was maybe like a four and four point five. All right, Mr. Brown. Um, I'm gonna probably go with like a four point two, four point three, somewhere in there. Uh, really enjoyed it. Had fun, which is what I was expecting from the movie. Uh, technically, if I just had to, you know, rate this movie on this technical prowess, I would give it like a five because I think some of the things they do with, um, you know, these miniature characters and some of the choreography on the action scenes, it doesn't feel like it's an easy thing to do when you're shrinking things down and, and mm. blowing them up to different sizes. So many variables when you're trying to make this choreography, choreography for these stunt scenes. And I just think the dance that they managed to put together is just fantastic, bar none. I really love the family stuff in this movie. I think the the, the way a lot of the themes were family-oriented, I really liked. Uh, that made for a very enjoyable movie. And ultimately, I think it was a fun movie. I had fun. I laughed a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Good action sequence. And, you know, ultimately, a character who was the antagonist that turned out to be somebody we could still like by the end of the movie. So just... All around, all around, just except for that post-credit scene, all around a fun movie, right? <laughs> and I love love feeling pretty upbeat. So hey, there you go. All right, so for me, I'm gonna give it. You know what? I'm gonna give it about a four point eight, and I'm going to. Well, I'll say it like this: This movie coming off of Infinity War, I think, was Marvel's attempt to give something lighthearted, family friendly. Mm-hmm enjoyable and kind of something that was not infinity war something that you could just go enjoy not have to really think about not be stressed over most people unless you're a diehard fan do not wait to the mid or after credit scenes so most people that didn't see you know the sadness and the or the stress from 
from that scene didn't see that. So if I look at it from the perspective of did it meet the goal that Marvel set out, I think it did. And to add on top of that, all the technology, all the special effects from the faces to the shrinking to the growing, all of that. Um, you know, I think it, it looked realistic. It looked believable. So yeah, I'm going to give it a 4.8, 4.9. Uh, you know, everything can get better. So I'm not going to give it a complete five, but, but I think it met its purpose. And like Clarence said, it was funny. We laughed and money well spent. So there you go. Yeah, they wanted us to have a good time, but they're like, don't forget that yeah, <laughs> war still happened. Like, yeah. don't leave here completely smiling. Yeah, don't you be too happy when you Right. Uh-uh. Like. Because <laughs> yeah. we know Captain Marvel's coming next year. Yes. So we- oh, that's going to be great. I can't wait. I can't I'm freaking so wait. I'm so excited. But yeah. I do want to see if it's supposed to be in 19, you said 1995, that's when the timeline is? Yes. Yes. I want to see how they're going to jump from 1995 to 2018 because I'm assuming like Infinity Wars it was, you know, real time. Yeah. And I, I think that, you know, uh, the mid 90s is not a period I feel like we visit a lot in movies in general. So I mm-hmm. think it could it could be some fun to be had. You know, especially since I grew up in that <laughs> time period. So for sure, mm-hmm. I do want to ask one last question because this it. is kind of like a technicality. Um, so if um, Ava, even as a child, wasn't like you know she wasn't able to like, grasp onto things and she was kind of phasing, how was she sitting on the bed when Lawrence Fishburne tried to give her the um, the teddy bear? Is that not weird to some anybody? Like yeah. she, she was phasing. She was literally phasing. She couldn't hold on to. The, yeah. the teddy bear, but she was able to sit on a solid bed. Cause, cause and the fact that she doesn't slide through like floors. Yeah, through the earth. <laughs> She'd be <Yeah>. falling. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's sciencey stuff. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I took it more so, and yeah, there's an X-Man character who has a similar power called uh, Shadow Cat, uh, yeah, but she, she goes by K- Kitty Pride. Um, so her pet powers are, you know, in a way, the same powers as the, as Ghost has. And there was a time that she was injured and she could not unphase. And they, they said that the reason why there's something to do with a subconsciousness that your self-preservation so yeah. that you don't just phase out of reality or phase out of, you know, the earth moving is that there's some kind of instinctual subconscious thing that she could sit on the bed. Cause I took it more. So she wanted to hold the teddy bear. He gave her something to focus and she was able to solidify and hold the bear because she was concentrating sitting on the bed was more so of a, just a subconscious kind of thing is how okay. I took it. Okay. Well, I can, I can go with that. So I, I, I'm, I'm going to give um, a prediction here. So we've talked about Marvel Phase 4. I'm going to make a prediction for Marvel Phase 5. And my Marvel Phase 5 will be we will start seeing some children of the Avengers to replace the Avengers. And maybe at the end of Phase 4 or end of Phase 5, as these actors stop being, you know, Captain America or Iron Man, some of these younger characters... And, uh, spoiler alert, um, I will say that Cassie will one day have a great stature in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh, I believe it. Oh, but you're mm. saying it's really going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Cause, uh, oh, okay. she, she has a, it, she's a character. Like it up. Um, she's a character in the comics called Stature. Ah. Oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Good. All right. That so, was good. thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, <laughs> all right, so um, Megan, I know you are working on your passing of the bar, so that's what you're working on uh, coming up. So, Clarence, mm-hmm. anything else that you might be working on that you want to share? I uh, know I will just say if you're into tech, you want to hear me and my brother talk tech for a little bit. Check out techpedition dot com. T e c h p e d i t i o n dot com. All right. And anyone listening, if you want to check out the other shows other than that, that Clarence and I, along with our other friends, are on, you can uh, check out the Discussing Network at DiscussingNetwork.com. And also, if you are using YouTube, we've got videos on our YouTube channel, which can be found at YouTube.com slash Discussing Network as well. So... 
yes, somewhere I'm fixing to sell some. Yeah, I was also saying I'm in the process of trying to get my book published, so keep a lookout for a book by uh, Emil McGee that's coming hopefully, prayerfully, really soon. So, Cole Baines, well, you'll have to come back on and talk with us and tell us about the book. Okay, for sure. All right. So for everyone listening, we thank you for listening. Um, make sure you subscribe uh, using Apple iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or however you want. Make sure you subscribe so that you get the latest episode. And again, thanks everyone for listening. We will be back next time. 